Kia ora tato. South Africa is through to the Rugby World Cup semi-final, as Karen just said, after a last gasp win over England, having been behind for nearly the entire game. Mark Reeson is joining us. Mark's the senior sports writer for Stuff, and Mark's covered every Rugby World Cup since 1991 for major media, as well as Olympic Games and many big golf tournaments. He was chief sports correspondent for the Sunday Telegraph in the UK. Morena, Mark. Well, it's it lasted a long time, this game. Thanks for joining us. It lasted a very long time. Half of us were asleep during most of the first half. It did pick up excitement-wise at the end. And, oh, for New Zealand, oh, it was so close to a brilliant result for them. I, I couldn't see England uh, stopping them going all the way in the final. But South Africa, as I know from my mate Dave last night at dinner, is is the side they didn't want to play, the side they can't bear the idea of South Africa gloating and saying how they would have win, won every World Cup if only they'd been allowed to play in the first two, all that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have, do you have emotional skin in the game when England play? I suppose you do. Uh, well, you're supposed slightly wrong, actually, Jim. I, un- unless it's, I didn't particularly want England to win. I wanted South Africa to win, much to my friend's horror. I thought it would be a much better f- final with South Africa. And, and there are quite a few reasons not to particularly like England. They're a dull, dull side, as, as they showed. I suppose there was no other way they could play and compete. And my, they really did compete. But they're a boring side as, as far as the rugby goes. They're not very attractive with all the hooping and hollering and celebrations after winning penalties and things like that. And uh, the RFU is, is a dreadful body that is running the game into the ground over there, keeps paying the clubs money that they shouldn't pay them and, and starving the grassroots. So all in all, I have very little love for the rugby side of my home country. I'm getting that impression. Uh, I was <laughs> I was only watching with the sound down in half an eye, but yet did look dull. I was thinking through the game, Mark, why can't a really top team like South Africa overcome stymieing tactics? And in the end, I... They did, the South Africans, so a fair result. I think it was just about a fair result. Uh, the weather in Paris was was pretty dreadful, which partly explained uh, the endless kicking all night. It was There was an irony that the only time England tried to play was in the f- final three minutes when they desperately needed a penalty to win the game. But South Africa won the game through their scrummage. Uh, the bomb squad came on off the bench, uh, England's reserve front row came on, uh, minus the hooker, Jamie George, stayed on all game. And according to the referee, and I think he was right with the first two or three, um, the South African scrummage started to demolish England. But then England steadied. And, and I thought that the penalty that Ben O'Keefe gave South Africa, which was a very good kick to win the game under pressure, I thought it was a very, very questionable call. And again, we go back, I remember having this conversation in 2011 with some former Lions props at the New Zealand World Cup over here. Scrums, do we really want to give penalties for them? Because the referees don't know what's going on half the time. The only people who know are the two props. Occasionally, the overhead camera gives you a good idea, but it's a dreadful way to decide matches, I think. Well, I'll ask you the obvious question uh, last. Um, a great, just going back to yesterday, uh, great hat trick from Will Jordan. 
But as, yeah. but as the All Blacks, as everybody's saying, the All Blacks versus Argentina was not one of the great games. And the Daily Mail, after two quarterfinals, which showcased the very best of top in Test rugby, this semi was so one-sided that it undermined the credibility of the event. So you would agree with that? Uh, to an extent, yes. Uh, I think it undermined the credibility of World Rugby, uh, the organising body of the game, but that's assuming they had any credibility in the first place. Uh, this nonsense came up in 2015 and they promised to look into it and they looked into it and did nothing, which is often their way. So we ended up with these completely lopsided quarterfinals and, and predictably, even if South Africa only scraped it, Predictably, New Zealand waltzed into the final. We knew Argentina weren't a good side. England beat them with 14 men, for goodness sake. And and New Zealand's second team won in Argentina um, very, very comfortably. So Argentina really shouldn't have been anywhere near that semi-final. Yes, England got up in the other one to, to give South Africa a right old rattle. Um, but two of the four best sides are into the final. The great sadness was the four best sides in the world, which includes obviously Ireland and France, didn't contest the semi-finals on what yeah. would have been a fantastic weekend. Yeah, and thousands of empty seats yesterday before the final whistle, and I drove to work during the second half of that game, and the motorway was almost as busy as usual because a hush used to come over the country no matter what the game or the score when the All Blacks were playing. And I actually saw a father and son going for a jog with All Blacks shirts on. That abandoned the match. <laughs> um, so why do we think the draw was done so early? I mean, it's, this is being mentioned a lot, but I, uh, commercial reasons are cited, which I just don't really understand. Well, not many people do understand them, given that the Soccer World Cup um, doesn't know who's playing who until the very last minute, because their qualifying tournament only finishes uh, about 12 months or so before the main event. Um, World Rugby has come up with the excuse that the hosting towns like to know which um, sides are going to be there, and so they can promote it and give them the welcome and book out hotels. But it's really not a good enough excuse for wrecking a competition in the way that, or wrecking's probably a bit harsh, but undermining a competition in the way this one's been undermined. And please, 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 those panjandrums at World Rugby, listen, listen and learn for once in your life. You've mucked it up twice now in the last couple of tournaments. Get it right next time. You have written, Mark, you have written this past week, I was very interested in this, about the role luck plays in rugby, statistically. Yes, it's, it's curious, isn't it? I did some research into this, and there are various mathematicians who've all run models and all come up with very, very uh, similar outcomes. Uh, I can't begin to understand the mind-bending equations that they, they uh, put these things through. But basically, I think they came up with... I think basketball um, is... is the game with the least amount of luck in, with about 18%, I think. Rugby is one of the highest, with 37%. And that's probably so many variables, um, like the wind and the outdoors conditions. But particularly, uh, there are so many complex laws, and it's up to the referee on the game how many uh, of those he's going to apply and on whom he's going to, and which side of bed he's got out of. And so in the very close games, as we saw with South Africa, England, it came down to the referee's whim 
at a scrum on the end on a penalty. So South Africa got that bit of luck at the end and it got them over the line. Um, so 37% luck, of course, that doesn't mean that uh, that's altogether massively influential. You know, that luck could be split evenly between the two sides um, over the game and have no influence on the outcome. But very often it does have a significant uh, uh, influence and we just hope that it won't on the final. We know the French and the Irish deserve to be there, but who've been the, which has been the unluckiest team, do you think, at the Rugby World Cup so far? I, I think by far uh, France have been the unluckiest team. Uh, they lost their hooker before the tournament. Um, they lost their fly half before the tournament. And then, crucially, uh, Antoine Dupont, the, the brilliant captain and halfback, uh, was taken out um, foolishly by a Namibian player and that undoubtedly undermined his performance in the quarterfinal, even though he was still pretty impressive, but playing um, only a few weeks after a fractured cheekbone. Plus the refereeing in that game just didn't go their way. And, and as a home side, uh, one of the things you do slightly expect from hosting a tournament because uh, that's the way of the world and it's human nature, is that you'll get the rub of the green with the, ref- with the referee. So to not have it with the referee and to also suffer all those injuries, I, I did feel really sorry for France, who are a, a fantastic side to watch. I also felt sorry for uh, Fiji and Samoa because, as usual, and again, why do we have to say this every tournament? They got some pretty poor decisions, Fiji particularly against Wales in that opening game, which would have put them in a quarterfinal against Argentina if they'd won it. And uh, Samoa also against uh, England when there were some inexplicable calls in, in a game. Samoa did enough to deserve to win. Mm. Well, as former All Black Israel Dag said, I don't think anyone in New Zealand thought we'd be playing in a World Cup final. So... This is being discussed a lot too. The New Zealand Herald at one point a year or more ago called for Ian Foster to go in an editorial, a decent man who's out of his depth in a brutal business. In the Times of London, he was referred to as a clown in an, op- in an opinion piece. Uh, has Ian Foster already been vindicated as the right All Blacks coach for this World Cup? No, I wouldn't go that far. I, I don't like the calling him of a, a clown as a New Zealand newspaper, I think, called Warren Gatlin a clown on a Lions tour as well. That, that sort of personalization of the thing is, is pretty unacceptable and it, it's poor effort from journalists or, or maybe the people who put the headline on pieces. Um, he's a perfectly decent man. Uh, I don't think he was necessarily the right man for the job. He started off by picking a lot of the wrong players. Uh, I, I remember him also uh, dropping Moanga who had left for paternity leave, um, a a move which I wasn't even sure would have been um, legal under employment law at the time. And he picked the wrong front row. He got his coaches wrong. And the only thing that turned him round was New Zealand rugby saying, OK, enough is enough. You can't keep going this way. Uh, Either you leave or you get some new coaches. And the bringing in of Jason Ryan and Joe Schmidt, who, and Joe Schmidt, in fairness, is Foster's man, and I'm sure he would have appointed him if Joe had felt well enough um, to do it at the start. But the, the move um, by New Zealand rugby to force him uh, to change his coaching staff has undoubtedly improved the All Blacks massively. And, and they always had a chance of getting to this final, particularly when you saw the draw, because effectively they had to win one game and they're not that much 
poorer than France or New Zealand. And on their day, they, you know, they had about a five to four, six to four shot at winning that game. And, and they really got up for it and won it. So they always had a good chance of getting to the final because of the vagaries of, of, of the whole draw and the fact that they're a pretty good side. Yeah, but the All Blacks now look like the All Blacks of uh, old in terms of their winning form and their dash and panache. And I know the rugby union apparently thought they had to secure the services of Razor Robertson before he took some overseas gig. But if the ABs do win the World Cup, and we're certainly getting ahead of ourselves in that respect, but if they do, does the rugby union look a bit silly for saying goodbye to Ian Foster so soon? No, I would actually argue completely the opposite. First of all, a coach... And particularly, and first and foremost, an All Blacks coach has to be judged over his four years, not one knockout tournament with with the vagaries and and the need to win two matches. That's no way to judge a coach. And and Foster's performance over the four years is not good enough for an All Blacks coach. So I would say that that's certainly part of the reason. But another part of the reason is, is Foster's been there around the All Blacks um, since 2012, all the time with Hanson and, and then uh, in his own. And, and players get tired, voices get a little bit stale. We, we know with Eddie Jones that four years is his shelf life. Well, Foster's got a slightly longer one, but the players will have heard his voice quite enough by now. And I think a, a new coach with um, as good amount of ideas and and a brilliant personality in terms of relating to his players uh, that Razor Robertson has, who is being uh, backed up by the guiding hand and knowledge of Wayne Smith, which will be invaluable. I think it will revitalise the All Blacks and and help them go again, and, and they'll need to because... You know, they're losing some players. It's it's a great shame that Moonga is going to go to Japan at the peak of his powers. I wonder if Robertson will persuade the NZR to make an exception for one or two players. But uh, I'm looking forward to the new era, as, as I think win or lose the World Cup um, final against South Africa, I think many, many New Zealanders are too. Last question, just a quick question. The uh, big question, as I said, who's going to win this thing? Well, I'm afraid I'm not going to quite be able to deviate from... I, I thought before the tournament South Africa would win. I, I thought their odds, at, um, they were about 5-1, to one, were silly. Um, and they know how to win these things and they know how to play the sort of rugby that wins that, these tournaments. Having said that, I really, really hope New Zealand win it because they play a much, much, much more attractive style of rugby. And I certainly think it's it's not much better than a 50-50 shout. I don't, I'm not overwhelmingly of the opinion that, uh, that South Africa will win it. They've got quite a few weaknesses in that team. They really uh, miss Malcolm Marks as their other hooker, who wins them a lot of turnover balls and penalties when he's there. Um, and the huge improvement of the All Black scrum I think they've got a very, very decent chance at it. And like most of the country, I'm thoroughly looking forward to it and I won't be as nervous as some. <laughs> <laughs> Mark Reeson, always a pleasure. Mark Reeson with us at 20 minutes past 10, RNZ National, Sunday morning.